Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. We are super excited about these next two folks. They are people and parents that we respect and love and enjoy and laugh with and learn from. Nate and Ann Morrow are two folks that we are super excited for you to meet and have a really unique perspective on parenting that you'll get to learn a little more about in just a few minutes. But I have a personal connection to them in that Nate is the head of school at Christ Presbyterian Academy where my wife is a teacher. So he's actually my wife's boss and where my kids went to elementary, middle, and high school. So have had the opportunity to sit front row and watch him in his role as an administrator, also as a friend. And so just super excited for he and Anne to be a part of our conversation today and to share their voices with you. You two, it is so much fun to have you in this room for this time. Like you cannot know how much we respect you Mm -hmm. as parents, how much Mm -hmm. we enjoy you as people, and how thankful we were that you said yes to this. And then we just get to spend this next bit of time with the two of you. And you all have four children Mm -hmm. who came to you biologically and through adoption. Mm -hmm. You have set of multiples, which simply means you have a lot of wisdom and lived experience to <laughs> <Yes>. share. <laughs> and as we record this, you no longer have elementary age kids. That's wow. right. just made this realization, like you only have a middle schooler and high schoolers, a house full of adolescents. Yes, yes. A lot of people we are here. feeling it. <laughs> a lot of feelings in the house, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Will you begin by just telling us about your kids? Also, what encouragement and challenge would you give to parents of multiples? Okay, well, mm. I'm actually going to start by talking about when we got this email asking if we'd be willing to <laughs> share on this podcast, and it came through to me, and I immediately read it and thought, oh my gosh, how can we so politely decline? <laughs> the introvert in me thought, how can we say no and not lose favor? And then the trouble was, you also sent the email to Nathaniel. He somehow... <laughs> had a hold of it. And so before I could politely back away, Nathaniel said, yes, we'll be there. When do you want us? Tomorrow? So my disclaimer to start with is just saying we are so not qualified, but what mm-hmm. does qualify us is we have four kids yes. and we are in the trenches with yes. all the other parents that have kiddos out there, young kiddos, old kiddos, middle kiddos, We are with you, and we are in the trenches, and we don't have it figured out, but we want you to hear us say, you're not alone. So that's that's why we're here, and that's why I said yes, even after Nathaniel already told you yes and set a date. Well, and we asked you because you are thoughtful and wise and kind, and we, just like David said, trust and respect you guys so much. Yeah. So we have a 17-year-old son, 15-year-old boy-girl twins, and an 11-year-old. 11-year-old is adopted. And it is a beautiful circus of mm. people. It's just a wild, wild adventure that you wouldn't trade for anything in the world. And mm. it's really hard. And it's funny, our daughter, our oldest daughter, saw, saw on my calendar that, that we were coming to Daystar. So she's like, Why are you guys going to Daystar? What's going on? And, and <laughs> we need help. Um, <laughs> and Ann said, Oh, well, we're going on a podcast. And she goes, First, she rolled her eyes. So, right. anybody out there that has kids rolling their eyes, right. know you're in it's good your company. Standard response first. And I was like, uh-huh. Why you guys? Uh-huh. That's a fair question. Why us? And she is one of the multiples. And I would just say, on the multiples front, when they were testing to go to kindergarten, right? Mm-hmm. So, I work in a school and I were testing to go to kindergarten. The teacher came out and said, Hey, Nate, I had to separate your children. I was like, oh, why? She said, well, they were cheating. Uh, <laughs> and I said, what do you mean they were cheating? She's like, well, one of them wasn't quite sure, and one of them was really sure. And very so sure. Uh-huh. the very sure was helping the not quite so sure. 
and I'd move them and they still were kind of, psst, hey. <laughs> and so that told us, one yeah. of the first questions is like, do you keep them in the same class or not? So we quickly realized they're not going in the same class. Mm. And so all that to say is I think with multiples, you gotta remember just because they were born at the same time and they shared the womb together, they are very different individuals yeah. that I think needed to be treated. They're looking for their own identity. Yes, They're looking for to discover who God made them to be uniquely. And so it's easy to say, oh, you're a twin or, you know, you're a multiple and therefore you're this sort of package together, lumped together. And and I think that's taking away of what God made manifest uniquely in each one of them. And you're going to get it wrong, right? You're going to forget it's easier to do the birthday together, the party together. There's a lot of conveniences in just lumping them together. And so, and that's like, okay, too. We've done lots yeah, of parties together. sometimes you just got to survive. Year after year, one twin blows out the other twin's candles before the twin can get to it. So. Yes, and so <laughs> and just there goes Dave, fighting, David huh? Thomas' story, when we found out we were pregnant with twins, mm-hmm. we were in shock. It's not in the gene pool for us to have twins. Wow. And so I uh, went to a pastor, and I said, hey, man, we're in trouble here. And he said, you need to talk to David Thomas. David Thomas has one, and then there's two years separation, and then there's two more. And so he and Connie will know, give you some advice. And so I went to David, and I said, hey, here's the situation. What's your advice? He goes, man, I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be hell (laughs) for a couple years. And then it's going to be fun. And I would say I appreciate it because he was like the one person honest with us. Everybody else was like, oh, you're having twins. And he was like, no, no. No, no. This is not going to be easy. Buckle up here. Uh Yeah, uh That is so funny. Turned out to be kind of true. It did. Absolutely. Absolutely true. So it was like the one honest person. Yeah. Well, and I think you'll need to add that you had twins that were on a football team together. That is a fun fact about your twins. Yes. They sure they, were. <laughs> yes. Flag football. Uh, my daughter's got a cannon. And so <laughs> the competitive part of me is like, hey, and she was interested. And so I was like, all right. And here's the thing. Instead of having to do like two little kid sports on a yep. Saturday. We did lump the them together, together on that. Together. That's uh-huh. smart. And so, hey, and at that age, they listen better, right? So you can teach the girl twin the plays and they'll pay attention and then just get the ball to who's open. It worked. It was fun. They actually had a good little connection. That's what I was saying. She would throw day. him passes. She would throw him passes and he would take off running. I think that's the coolest. And it was fun. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Till you tell them they can't both play football anymore and then there's a lot of tears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about adoption. Yeah. Because your youngest is adopted. So would love to hear about your journey with that and even how you would encourage and challenge adoptive parents Mm. and even particularly ones that are in a harder season of that journey. Yeah. I don't think it's about adoption, honestly. I don't Mm. think adoption is something that is to weigh in on should you adopt, should you not. I think it's you should follow Jesus, right? Listening to him. And, And our story was just simply that. We had never set out that this was what we were going to do wasn't our plan. Wasn't in our plan, but the Lord in his graciousness made it very clear mm-hmm. that this is my plan for your family. Yeah. And I think that's really important to start with because adoption is it always has two realities. One is brokenness and abandonment, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is not the way it's supposed to be. Yes. And so it doesn't matter how good the situation, how potentially, you know, good the, the circumstances around it. It's still born out of it's deep, still born out of deep, deep brokenness. Yeah. Deep brokenness, because that's not the way it was meant to be. Yeah. And God is so good and gracious and faithful. Even as we're walking through the adolescence of an adopted child, I think being able to go back and recognize those two realities of mm-hmm. God loves you so much and is mm-hmm. so faithful. And we are so thrilled to get to be your mom and dad yet there still is pain and hurt to unpack in their own story. And so I think you got to understand both those realities. And that's why it's follow Jesus, because it's going to get hard. Yeah. And I would say when we've hit bumps, we point back to look at what God told us in the story that he was writing that we couldn't have written Mm -hmm. and just pointing back to what he called us to and what he wanted our family to be. Has been helpful. Yeah, because I mean that's the way it is in all parenting, but I think it's unique in the adoption stories. Is I don't care who you are, it's going to be hard. Yeah. And so 
those moments where you have the clarity, mm-hmm. like mark those, mm-hmm. yeah. look back on those because those will give you strength in the moments where you're not so sure what to do. Yeah. And the only thing I think I'd say is like, right there, we're a family of six. And I think all of us are at least five we're of the six five, of us. Five of six right now. Have counseling. all been in counseling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Including marriage counseling. Plug for that. It's yeah. And super so, yes. helpful and wonderful. Yes. yes. Knowing that there are seasons and times in all of our lives where we're just too close to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're too involved in it. We just can't see, and we need someone else to help us see this yeah. from a little different camera angle to help get a better understanding of it, mm-hmm. whatever it is we're doing and feeling. And so I think destigmatizing that, starting that early, and just going ahead and saying, hey, this is just a part of yeah. life that we all need others to help us see and interpret the story of our own lives. Yeah. And so it's got a a healthier interpretation than sometimes what can sneak in in the middle of the night. Mm. So we're fans of this little yellow house and you all and mm. any places where kids can go and be heard and seen and understood. And mm. thank you. That's important in our family. Mm. Thank important you. piece. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. What a gift for kids to have parents operating from that posture. Oh, yes. Like all throughout growing up to know this is how we see it. Mm-hmm. This is the benefit of going like, what a gift you all. Mm-hmm. Wish all kids had that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've like certainly needed it. And so it's it's been a it's been an easy, an easy yes to well, say we're gonna prioritize too, it. For parent, I mean, I think one thing that's been important is having relationships with somebody further down the path with you. Mm-hmm. Right. So us having relationships with parents that have adult children, because that's mm-hmm. kind of we're looking towards college now. And having somebody just ahead of you that can help you. So a lot of those people for us pointed us to counseling. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, y'all, preemptive. Don't wait till you need it. Go ahead and mm-hmm. get it started, yeah. right? Like, get this as a part of your family's rhythm now because you will need it, and let's have that in place beforehand. Mm. Mm. Anne Lamont says something about that you need the same thing, and she says, because parents of children the same age won't laugh at how horrible their children are. Yes. Yes. So true. <laughs> yes. Okay, you not only have the perspective of a parent, but that of an educator. Okay, Nate, you have served as a teacher and administrator in public and private schools for decades now. And we have a lot of teachers who listen to this podcast, Mm -hmm. and you are a champion of Mm -hmm. teachers. Like, we have both witnessed that. What's something you want teachers to know or remember about their calling? Ooh, So I just left our elementary cafeteria and I was sitting at a table of third graders. Uh, I think it was Mrs. Cook's third grade class. And one of the young students came up to me and said, hey, Mr. Morrow, can we turn the school into a water park? (laughs) And I love third graders. And it's, it's, Like, you're right on, man. Like, how awesome would that be? Uh-huh. His answer was yes. Yes. I we might, I might get fired, but yes, that sounds amazing. <laughs> and if not, we can at least do a slip and slide until, mm-hmm. you know, just sign the release. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but it struck me as I love being with kids. And so mm-hmm. what I would want to encourage all of the teachers and educators. So first of all, you're pouring your life into helping Ooh, a yes. parent a grandparent, a foster parent, whatever role you play in a child's life, you're helping them raise this child, yes. mm-hmm. right? Because they're in school as much as they are at home. Yeah. Yes. And it's hard. Mm. I mean, it is hard. And so I think go back and talk to your 18, 19, 20-year-old self and ask them why they were getting into this in the first place, mm. right? What was your first love about this? And so I think in the last... Two years when you look at the numbers of people leaving the Mm -hmm. profession and how low it is of people going into our educator prep programs, it's scary, Mm -hmm. right? Like the ripples of that are scary. And so I think it's reminding ourselves of what kind of got our heart beating fast to begin with. And it's not navigating pandemics. It's not angry emails you might get. It's not all of those things. It's being reminded I mean, just we're talking about a parenting podcast, but like it's just being reminded of what got your heart beating fast and go Mm -hmm. talk to that 19-year-old who's trying to figure out their college major that was so excited. They didn't know what they were doing, but man, they were ready to get in the classroom. I know that's helpful to me. And I'm reminded of it when I get to be around kids because in the administrative role, less time with kids. And so that would be my encouragement is just remember your first love Mm -hmm. and remind yourself of it often. And the teachers are the champions. They're the champions they in the hallway, and the, they're the heartbeat of the school, and we're just so crazy thankful for them. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, along those lines, we challenge parents a lot to support their kids' teachers uh-huh. rather than standing in opposition or criticism. Yep. <laughs> and how would you challenge parents to do more of that? Because we all certainly benefit when that's the case. Yeah. We were, was it last week or the week before we were at I've been at banned a, from parent conferences by her, so she's no, not going to No, you haven't. No, no, no. So we were at a, the coach was holding a meeting for parents to come to where we were kind of laying out the ground rules. And this coach, I feel like, did a really good job. It's not her first rodeo, and she knew what she wanted to say, and she wanted the parents to hear. And what she started with was, if you promise not to believe everything your daughter says about us, then we'll promise to not believe everything that they say. They say about you. It's so good. Awesome. Oh. It made me giggle, but I was like, wow, let's yes. start there. And so let's think about that in terms of a lot of relationships and especially with our kids and their teachers. Sometimes I just feel like what happened to giving people the benefit of the doubt? Mm, yes. I think there is some value in that. And yeah, just digging in and not going straight into attack mode. Yes. The question we often talk about is like, what is the kindest allowable response? In the range of responses that are appropriate, because there's a range of appropriate responses, what's the kindest and most gracious way to start? Mm. And so I think that's part of it and just having somebody to remind you because involves your kids and they're so precious and you get emotional and you see them hurting or crying or they got cut or they didn't get a good grade or they got misunderstood or any of those things that can happen, you want to rush in and do all you can do to protect them. And yet you need some check and balance of perspective. Mm. And I think the other thing is just- Equipping our kids. Yeah, like they're leaving us. Yeah, Like that's really the goal. The goal is for them not to live with us the rest of their Mm -hmm. life. It is for them to leave and go have their own life. And so Mm. also reminding them that they have a voice. Yeah. And that it's important for them to have to, if they care enough about it, there's a way to go about having a conversation if you're frustrated, if you're hurt, if you're upset, if you're confused. And let's begin to practice that because Mm. that's the skill you want to see honed that's going to be important when they're outside of your home, whether it be college or work, that they can go into someone who's in authority and with civility and humility, but with a level of advocacy, state a position, be willing to listen and understand, but also, you know, ask the questions that are important. So I think it's A, benefit the doubt, B, how we teach them to have voice and yes. to also be disappointed and it's okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. You yeah. didn't get the answer you're like. Yeah. And we move on. Right. Like, right. like life yes. and death isn't in this yes or no. Yes. And we don't need to give any situation that much power over us. So yes. disappointment is a good place to learn. And mm. sadness and hurt is okay. So let's be in that. Mm. And all the feelings that you guys are experts on, you can go mm. with that. Mm. You too. I, I mean, know. we could just stop right there. I, I know. Know. We always I do that. I love it. Yes. No, but we won't because we have more. We <laughs> yeah, care more questions. Sissy, you will not believe what I did this morning before we started this podcast. What'd you do? I ran a marathon. You did what? You ran a marathon this morning, David? Well, in my imagination, I did. (laughs) Oh, now I see. But let me tell you, I am hydrated enough to run a marathon thanks to Liquid IV. I don't want to run a marathon, but I do love using Liquid IV. The new year is here, and there is no better way to kick off 2023 and by making sure you're feeling like your best self. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. We fly so often, and it's easy to get dehydrated on a long flight, so I've started taking them on trips. I love how easy it is to throw several packs in my purse and just pour them into my water bottle. What's your favorite flavor? Watermelon. I love acai berry and pina colada. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. With three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. And liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. To date, liquid IV has donated over 25 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. I love when companies are making great products and doing good things in the world. Me too. Grab your liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off 
when you go to liquidiv.com and use code RBG at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using code RBG at liquidiv.com. All right, this season of the podcast, we're focusing on raising emotionally strong and worry-free kids and would love to ask the two of you to think back on a story or memory from growing up that shaped you into who you are. I'm going to answer first. I'm gonna yes. Okay. I'm going to tell on you. Oh, gosh. Not really tell on okay. you. Actually, it's. I think it's one of my favorite stories. Okay. And I will never forget that y'all experienced the loss of a child at your school. Yes. By suicide. Yes. And y'all invited the Daystar staff to come and meet with parents and which was such a horrible privilege I don't even know how to say that differently but we were so grateful to be with you and we divided up our staff into different age brackets Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember all this yeah and we were meeting with parents and the age of the child you had David and I in the meeting and I have told this story so many times when people Mm -hmm. talk about wanting to send their kids to your school (sighs) and and this is the story I tell that I remember watching you and Rhonda Smith Uh and I guess the kids came into the meeting first because those kids walking into the room and David and I were on the front row and you Mm. just could tell on their faces, like bewildered, just so upset, panicked, didn't understand. I mean, so many things going on their faces emotionally. And Rhonda putting her hands on each one of them. Mm. I mean, every one of them, she touched them. She looked them in the eyes and said, you know, some version of how are you, what's Mm. happening as they were filing in. And they all sat down. And I remember you looking at those kids and saying, let me tell you something. What ifs are from Satan. Mm. Mm. I think I quoted it in a book, Nate. Mm. I love that (laughs) sentence so much. Mm -hmm. And I think that has helped me be worry-free more, worry less (laughs) as a person, because Mm. I think that's so true. And every one of those kids potentially had what ifs, Mm. and we all do a million times a day. Mm. And so I think that is one of my by far favorite Mm. memories of you and Hearing you speak that kind of truth so directly to those kids. So Mm. I just had to jump in and give an answer myself before you. I love that you told that story. Mm. Such a picture of this man. Yes. Well, thank you. And by God's grace. And, you know, I think hard things are inevitable. Mm. Like I think uh, a friend of mine, one of my counselors always tells me like life is tragic and God Mm. is faithful. And so, Mm. again, there's two realities that seem to be in conflict with each other but coexist. And needing a community of people, right? Mm. Like this is Rhonda where she is shining. She mm. steps in, she looks them, she knows mm. them. And I think you guys coming in and doing that, and, and I think it's just a reminder and one example to all of us, don't do this alone. Mm. It's okay to be clumsy. My own <laughs> child was walking into that room. And so mm. I'm standing there mm. as the administrator in a school and as a dad at the same time, trying to communicate a level of brokenness that you don't think you're going to have to talk to about that age. Mm. And by God's grace, he speaks and there's experts there and there's, you know, highly relational and and knowing people. I mean, so it was just a reminder to me that hard's going to happen and you got to have community and God equips community with all of our different skills, gifts, abilities to come together and do that. And and then we just kind of turn it over and trust Mm. them. Yeah, absolutely. What's your story? Okay, my story from growing up. I can't a, wait. I'm curious because I, I don't know. Her I already story told Nathaniel. Kind of goes. Kind of goes with us. So I'm fascinated. Kind of go up. Kind of go. Well, you'll know. I met this you'll guy know in what, high school. No, no, no. <laughs> so it's a small story, but okay. you'll kind of see difference in our personality here. It's it's you'll not know my story. It, that's true. Now you'll probably <laughs> try to do a small story. So just one of the memories I have growing up, my mom who was working, I'm wondering when we did this, maybe when she got, I don't know. My mom would take my brother and I to the Cambridge City Park. So Nathaniel and I grew up together in this little small town. New Concord. New Concord, Ohio. And so we would go, we didn't have any fast food restaurants or anything like that in our town. So it was a treat. Andy and I'd get in the car, we were young, and we'd go get a Domino's pizza. And at Domino's at the time, you could get one like large fountain soft drink. And we would get one soft drink and a pizza, and we'd take it to the Cambridge City Park, and we would eat pizza and all share from that drink, and then we'd feed the ducks when we were done. When I look back, I was like, it just was, it was small, but it was just time spent. Mm. So I think as we're parenting and as we're thinking about you know time with our kids, sometimes saying, ride to Costco with me. Mm. And that doesn't feel like a grand gesture, but it's time spent, and it's you're wanting to be together. Me too, Ian. I love yeah. that. 
I grew up on a farm and, and a family of farmers and with farm work, it's never complete, right? It's never done. Mm-hmm. The negative to that is you're always doing something. And so time not working can feel lazy or unproductive or wasteful. Mm-hmm. You live in that tension on a farm. And when you're in a family of farmers, there's that tension that always exists. Holidays were the time you stopped. And I can mm. just remember loving going to my grandma's house and having everybody there. And they were just present there. There wasn't anything mm. to do. And it was fun. And you got to see everybody just be playful and fun and tell jokes and play cards and sit on the back porch and listen to my grandpa and my great-grandpa tell stories. Mm. And the sad part about it was it didn't happen often, but Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, 4th of July, like you could kind of set your watch. It was going to gather and you were going to have fun. And it was the times that you could just play and you didn't have that naggingness behind it and just be, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think how much I valued just being was important. Our pastor, Scott Sauls, has often said when trying to grow your kids in your faith, and it's kind of counterintuitive, but he has daughters who faithfully follow the Lord. Mm-hmm. And to be a pastor and have your kids who are faithfully following the Lord is rare, right? right? And there's a reason there's the preacher's kid, right, that kind of has the whoo with it. And, you know, one day we were having dinner with them. We're like, how do you do that? Because we're around ministry a lot. We're in ministry a lot. And he said, honestly— we don't do family Bible studies. We don't do all the family stuff. Like we have a rhythm and we go to church. We're a part of a church community, but we're not like, hey guys, let's sit down and have the prayer time. Let's sit down. And I think some freedom in that where, you know, you can be in the South and you can feel the pressure to, I got to be at the D group. I got to be at the Sunday morning. I got to be at the Sunday night. I got to be at like, and you fill your time up doing the work Mm. of following Jesus and not just like, being present with the people that you love and you're with and, and getting to not focus much on the work, but just being mm-hmm. with those people. And that was just a huge encouragement for us, I think, as parents with a little bit of freedom of, you know, they have kids ahead of us and us trying to figure out how to not like jack our kids up, given what I do and where they go to school. Yeah. And the other was my parents sent me to Japan as an exchange student when I was 14. Wow. Uh, for about a month and a half. And so wow. they sure did. I don't know any Japanese. I did not know anyone, one person in the country of Japan. And I was sent over there to be an exchange student. And that's a terrible idea to do for a 14-year-old. <laughs> like, I think I have 15-year-olds. I'm not 17. I'm sending them. And yet, uh, and yet uh, you're talking about it. On I'm talking about it because okay. there's this <laughs> yeah. sense yeah. of, yeah. like, okay, you got this. You can yeah. do it. Right. Yes. And so, what are those things where, you got to have some fear as a parent. You got to be able, like, okay, what could go wrong? And you just let it go anyway. Mm-hmm. And yet, for the kid, you know, the 14 year old, the agency and mm-hmm. the independence and the confidence and the loneliness and the yes. all of those mm-hmm. things that you just got to deal with. Cause th- I mean, this is pre cell phone, pre internet, pre anything. I mean, I got home before some of my mail arrived back, right? Like, so I mean, it's. <laughs> And just having to sit in all of that was just unbelievable. And I think that sort of set at a very pivotal time this, all right, what's next? Mm, kind of yeah. mentality of like, we can do this. Like, what's the eventual? Let's go on it. We're going to be okay. We'll figure it out. Mm. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting because we've been talking a lot about purpose lately. And that's such a part of that is yeah. a kid experiencing purpose mm. on their own. And and you said some other words I loved, agency, loneliness. And in light of those things, what would y'all say really does help kids become more emotionally strong, worry-free? What are some of the things y'all think are important? I had to learn this the hard way in parenting. But for me, it was letting my children see me be human Mm -hmm. and fail and not get it right and not be sure of what to do and not have the plan all figured out. I wrongly probably thought I need to get this right. I need to be the comfort for my family where they can rely on dad to figure it out, to get it done, mm-hmm. to make it work, to take care of it, to all of those things. And yet what would happen in that was dad started to look way too good and mm-hmm. perfect and flawless because of what I was trying to project. Mm-hmm. And when I was able to say, I don't know what to do here, mm-hmm. or I'm not really sure how we should handle this, mm-hmm. or man, I really screwed that up. I really messed that up. I think that gave or gives kids, our kids, the greatest sense of strength, which is 
okay, we're human. We have limits. Mm -hmm. We're limited in capacity. We're limited in ability. We're limited in everything. And so I need you and you need me because I have some answers that you don't have and you have some answers that I don't have and we need each other. And so this idea of neediness and humanness being the thing that gives them the most strength because it's true Mm -hmm. as opposed to, wow, it's all taken care of. It all works out. Everything happens and it's good. And that actually creates more anxiety and stress because they know inside that it, oh gosh. Yeah. I'd say very similar, even just recently here, starting back to work, my kids have seen me struggle and seen me, you know, I don't know if I did that right. And just looking at that as it's actually a gift to be able to mess up in front of them Mm -hmm. or to say, I definitely don't have dinner figured out for tonight. So we're all jumping in together on that and giving them permission to see we don't have it all together and we need them and we need them to step into roles in our family and kind of share the load and that we're so human. Mm. I think all four of ours would say, yes, you are. (laughs) You go to bed so early, mom. You get so tired. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not always easy to do as I'm a two with the one wing. So the one in me wants mm-hmm. to tell them I've got it all together and figured mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And the times when I'm stretched and they see I don't have it all figured out, I'm hoping that as they grow up, they'll look back and say, oh, mom was figuring it out too. And yeah. it gives them permission to do the same. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think not just the honesty in that, but the purpose. That yeah. When you're sharing the load, yeah. they yeah. have this sense of mission in your family mm-hmm. that yeah. is a gift. Yes. Yeah. Right. An incredible It's kind of funny, yeah. though. So I just jumped back in to work, and everybody was like, oh, your kids need to do the laundry, and rattled off all these things. And I was like, oh, shoot, they already do all those things. <laughs> good for you. That's Don't so tell good. them. Yeah. Don't tell. You. Yeah. That's right. No. I love it. I'd say the only other thing I would add to that is a guy named Carter Crenshaw, longtime mm-hmm. pastor, he would always say, let them catch you in the morning spending time with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Ann and I will tell our kids all the time, like, hey, there's more we don't know than we know, but a day that begins with Jesus is better than a day that doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so sort mm-hmm. of like how so first things frame the rest of things. And yeah. so the years of catching somebody, having a time with Jesus, a little time in the Word, mm-hmm. a little time journaling, not that your kid's ever going to be like, oh, mom, dad, look at you. Like, great job. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm now going to do this. They don't. None of that's going to happen. But I think that was the only other thing is just like those rhythm things that they get yeah. to see in you, I think, grow greater fruit than sometimes the things that we ever say. Yeah. Yeah. Along those lines, you all, it's a great transition into where we want to go next. All right. We talk a lot about arming ourselves with truth mm. and would love to ask you both, like, what's one truth that has helped you worry less, especially as a parent? A long time ago, a friend gave me, it's like one of those blocks of wood that Mm -hmm. has a saying on it, and it just says, be still and know. Mm -hmm. It's in our kitchen, and, you know, the kitchen's kind of the hub of life. Lots happens all around the island and the refrigerator. So I see it all the time, and I try to remember when things feel out of control or I feel anxious or worried, just be still and know that He is God. I am not. I don't have to be. He's got it covered. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful it's a visual reminder from a person who loves me dearly. Mm-hmm. And it has a forever place in our kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, along the same lines, it's just God loves my children more than I do. Mm-hmm. He loves our children more than we do. They're yeah, more yeah. His kids than our kids. Ooh, that's um, so good. I don't live that way a lot. It's like amnesia. I forget that all the time. But <laughs> <More> goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> and yet it's true. And so I think just reminding myself, and if that is true, then he's got them way better than I can ever get them. So which I remember when I'm being still. Yeah. Mm. Another trusted voice that I turn to a lot is Sarah Hegarty. Mm. And she talks about finding God in the middle minutes of our day. So when we're carrying a load of laundry upstairs or stuck in traffic or, you know, waiting for the pizza to be delivered, just in those minutes, turning and looking and listening and finding God all through the day in the middle minutes. And I feel like that's another place when I maybe have a day that feels more 
anxious or worrisome, mm. looking for him all through my middle minutes. Mm. I've never heard that. I love that. She's great. Minutes. Yeah. Sarah Haggerty, their family went on the adoption process a little bit before us, and we mm. were connected through them. And so she's just a, another wise and trusted voice. Mm. Sissy, how often would you say the problems we see in our office with kids likely have a lot to do with their nutrition? Oh, definitely often, because brain and physical development is so connected to the foods we eat. Yes, it is. But it can be so hard to get kids to eat good foods. That's why I'm so excited about Haya Kids Vitamins. They were formulated with the help of nutritional experts and include a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies and 15 essential vitamins and minerals. Parents love Haya because the vitamins help parents get the best nutrition into their kids' growing bodies. But you know what else kids need besides good nutrition, David? What's that? Fun! With each new order, Haya sends a super cute jar and stickers to decorate it. My nephew Henry loves his Haya jar and has had so much fun adding his name to it. That is super fun, and what a great way to get kids excited about taking their vitamins. We've got a special deal from Haya just for our listeners— Receive 50% off your first order. Just go to HayaHealth.com slash RBG. This deal is not available on their regular website. Okay, I'm going to have to spell that for you. Visit H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash RBG and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, we have a bonus question. Awesome. That I'm going to have to read because David knew all this and I didn't. Oh. And I'm so, I think right. this is fascinating. And a lot of people may not know this about you, Nate, but it's a fun part of your resume. So you mm. played football at Vanderbilt, then the Tennessee Titans. I had no idea. It's because it was only there long enough. Just like, for a minute. Just for a brief <laughs> snack. Well, really, really two minutes. Two one minutes. one season, another yeah. season. Two minutes. Two yeah. seasons. Well, Unbelievable. Ish. That, that is, sounds better than it is, but is, thank you. Well, yes. I think that's so cool. And that you're a student athlete too. Yeah, I didn't know that. Volleyball. Volleyball? Yes. Volleyball. All right. These kids are loaded. I will say this when I got yes, to the Titans. Uh, so just for perspective, I got this to the Titans story. And, and you get your jersey. Yeah. And and <laughs> Morrow is not hard. M-O-R-R-O-W. It's like tomorrow. So right. I go up to the jersey and it's M-A-R-R-O-W. And I was, and now you have a dilemma, right? Like you're a rookie, but like that's not right. That's not my name. It's not my name. It's uh-huh. not Marrow. Uh-huh. So I go to the equipment guy, and I'm like, "Hey, my name's spelled wrong." And he goes, "Does it matter?" <laughs> no. And, no. No. Snake. And that's when you're like, "Well, this could be short lived." <laughs> um, yeah. Reality. Does my mom, who's going to be here at some point, taking pictures? So please get this right. <laughs> Do whatever else you want. So, yes, oh, we got some fun uh, athletic stuff in our store. <laughs> yeah. That is so funny. Well, it makes sense that you would have twins on a football team. So <laughs> knowing that you're parents of student-athletes, we think sports are amazing for kids for yeah. growth and development. And we've seen kids burned out from playing too much or too long, certainly, in counseling. So what have y'all learned in this space, and how would you encourage or challenge parents in the arena of athletics? Could be a whole podcast. Yeah, yeah it could. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might like it, to have it, you back. Yeah. Whole might should be your next whole podcast. Yeah. There's a lot to say here. Maybe you can encourage and challenge coaches yeah. as well, well as while we're I'll talking about this. So, our football team at the school I'm at mm-hmm. got whipped in the state championship yesterday. Right? I mean, like whipped, forty-two to nothing. Oh. And there's a couple things that came out of that that are just absolutely beautiful. One of the seniors was in the locker room after the game and he said, you know, it's not so much about winning or losing. I'd be crying whether we won or if we losing or winning, it's that we're done. Mm. It's that I don't get to be in these moments with you all anymore. Mm. And so you see those moments of beauty and and like, this is the good That's why we play sports. Like, this right is there. Right. right. Because they have invested in something they think is worth mm-hmm. it, right? Yes. That they have come together. They have done hard stuff together. And, you know, when you believe that you're, and this is going to answer the question, I think, and we're all trying to learn it, but if your value is not in your performance, mm-hmm. then you can play a game that is meant to be fun. All sports are games. Like, let's not confuse this. They're games. They were designed at some point in time from, 
football to curling were meant to be fun. Mm. So if we can remember that our identity is who God made us to be, and it's not in the outcome of this game or if I'm the starter or the backup, I think that is the perspective we need to walk in with and remind. And I think as parents, we need to remember, okay, my value as a parent is not in my kid's performance. Mm. It's not in whether they're on the bench or whether they're starting, whether they score 50 points or no points. It's I get to love them Mm -hmm. for who they are. And I think the trap is getting that wonky where it's, no, 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 you were so amazing today, right? Like the trusted voice I have is whenever you get in the car, all you say, I love watching you play. Mm. That's a good we, we don't need to we don't need yeah. to rehash the game. We don't yeah. need to go back through who got what plan time, however. We don't need to go back. They have a coach. Yes. And it does not need to be them. And I remember since you brought the Titans, I coached for a year and I coached Jeff Fisher's oldest son. In high school. And when he was in high school. So he I was a high school the, coach. And just if there's anyone listening yeah, so who Jeff might Fisher be a little more the, illiterate like me. The, the head the, football coach of the Titans. Yes. I had just gotten cut. I was now coaching at a high school and I had his oldest son. I was his position coach. And I remember needing some advice. And that's intimidating, right? Like this guy obviously knows more about football. Like he's forgotten more than I know. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm still trying to coach his kid. And so I called him up and I was like, hey, I got a question. He goes, are you asking me as a dad or as a coach? Which hat do you want me to wear? Mm-hmm. I said, honestly, a dad. And he was like, great. And we talked as a dad and we didn't talk football. And it just showed mm-hmm. me that like what humility that would take mm-hmm. and what great wisdom there is. And I think that, you know, he needed a dad and we were talking as a dad and my kid, when they're done with a game, needs a dad and a mom. They don't need another coach in the car. Because mm, yeah. um, the unintended consequences are, I'm happy when you do good. I'm sad when you do bad. I'm happy when you play. I'm sad when you don't play. And that definitely leads to burnout. And that yeah. leads to burnout. It leads mm. to anxiety. It leads to yeah. stress. It leads to- It leads to the game not being fun. Yeah. Yes. And then it's like, what are we doing? Like, yes. And again, I have- you didn't know any of this stuff of our history, and that's right. okay. Yeah. Like, that's good. That's yeah, great. Yeah. And because, and you shouldn't. Yeah. Because yeah. it was a season and then it's done, and, and nobody really cares. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's just, it's great, but nobody really cares. Yeah. And echoing, we also, I mean, we don't have it figured out. And we're trying, along with all the other parents out there, to f- figure out with our kids, you know, what's too much. We have mm-hmm. one who wanted, to play travel and we pumped the brakes as long as we could. We sure did. We drug our feet for as long as we could. And so I'm all in. I really Mm. just think there's so much to be said about well, Carter Crenshaw also, he always talks in baptisms about how God needs to be the center of your family, at the center of your marriage, your focus. You're both looking to the Lord. And then when you have a child, sometimes it's easy to all of a sudden get it mixed up and let your child become the center of your world or your children, and that things revolve around them and how that's a place they're never meant to be. Mm. And And so it's really crushing to have that kind of weight. Yes. Power. Yeah. They don't need to be there. And so it might be a stretch, but I even think in the world of sports and travel sports and how busy they can make us, it's looking at, okay, we don't want one of our kids' seasons our whole family to revolve around one. And so how are we talking about that and trying to keep that in check? Mm. Yeah, and I think keep your eyes on your own paper, right? If all of our kids are individuals, Mm. then we don't need to compare what we're doing to what another family's doing, and they don't need to compare what they're doing to Mm. our family. And Mm -hmm. David, I remember you saying this the first time we met, like as parents with you about one of our kids, it was like, you really want to learn to be a student of your child. And so as we're learning our children and, and what makes them tick, then we have to make decisions in light of that. Even within our four kids, we have artists to athletes and everywhere in between, right? Like we got the whole gamut under Mm -hmm. one roof. And so as we're learning these kids, to treat them all equally would be the most inequitable thing possible. And so what we might need to be able to do as a family to not give them the unbearable power of being the center of our universe Mm. might look different in practicality and logistically of our family than somebody else's family. And so I think part of it is being free in what you're doing as you're learning your own kids and not trying to look to your left and to your right to make sure what you're doing lines up with everybody else. Mm. But then asking the trusted voices along the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just so thankful that you all would 
be open to us throwing that bonus question yes. at you because oh. we do. Yes. We get asked a we got lot. Got a game tonight. And I might get tossed. I don't know. No, I mean, look, he's I, not going to get tossed. <laughs> he sits beside me, and I say, Nathaniel, Nathaniel. Shh. I bury it. All the stuff the counselors <laughs> tell us to do about expressing it, you push it deep down in, you lock it away, and then you go outside by yourself later. Another thing I feel like we've always talked to our kids about doing, and this is for their coach or their art teacher or when you've had time with an adult and they've invested into mm. you, even on a daily basis, say thank you. Mm. It yes. matters. Mm. Yes. So yeah. that's another, that we don't need to be their coach and that having a heart of gratitude for someone who's poured into you, even if you didn't love that practice that day or mm. that that's important. So that's another thing where was like, did you thank your coach? Mm. I love that. So good. Yeah, me too. Well, we like to end with something kind of fun. All right. For this to be a parenting podcast, we talk a lot about food on yes. this thing, yes, a do. lot about food. And we want to throw a two-part question your way yep. as we wind down. First question is queso or guac? And the follow-up question is, what's your favorite kind of taco? So, you guys are salties. Oh, Not yes. a sweet. Oh, I'm yes. a salty and a sweet. I'm, okay. I'm way more salty. Talking the salty right now. So, this is like her dream question. Yeah. Because yeah, the whole round. Wait, wait until you hear my and answer. I'm over here looking for an ice cream sundae. And even, that's not even on the list. <laughs> and we can go there uh, next. No, no. I'll stick with the question. I'm just saying, I feel like there's bias within uh, the question. Yeah, that's true. Given yes. the options we have. Must yes. be why I felt so excited about this question. Yeah, she feels very seen by this. Yeah, so my answer is between queso and guac. My answer is no, no, no. The trio, oh, any good yes. option is going to be, it's going to yes. have the little cup of queso, yes. the guacamole, and a house-made fresh salsa. Yes, so there, I'm saying good, trio. Yeah. That's, that's my answer there. I, I like the trio. It. Okay, guac or queso for I mean, you, it's Nathaniel. easily queso, but that's not what you <laughs> want to eat, right? Like if you're getting, if you have a bowl of your trio, what's the first one empty? That answers mm. your question. The first one empty, no matter uh -huh. who you're sitting with, is the queso bowl, which means <laughs> that's, that's, true. that's true. That's where you're going first. Mm. I wish it wasn't true, but it, that's the case. Okay. And my favorite taco yes. at the moment is from Mojo's Taco in the factory at Franklin. Mm -hmm. I love, they have a fried avocado. That's just delicious. And they also have one that's called the old school puffy. And so the shell is a treat in and of itself. It's just an old school, mm. like ground beef, pico, mm. jack cheese. But um, the shell's a treat. So people need to go yes. find out what I'm talking about I and order the old school. Mojo's. Oh my goodness. It's it's my favorite right now, isn't it? Is it? When, yeah. So you need uh, to go. We need yeah, to go. I was going to say, I'd love we'll to go, go together. Okay, mm -hmm. that'd be fun. I mean, I don't love a taco. If you said burrito, if yeah. you said soft taco, hard taco, I mean, I'm going through my options here. Okay. I would say the best and makes a taco ring. Whoa, oh, what's okay. a taco, taco ring? ring. Oh, yes, this is right. phenomenal. I'll eat the entire thing. Like, I'll hurt myself with it. My kids love it's, a taco ring. It's the it, one dinner it, everybody won't fight over. Okay. Yeah. What is yes. this? <laughs> I don't, actually, I'm not even trying to explain. I don't make it. I don't know. It's phenomenal. It's, it's crescent roll and taco meat. What? <gasps> I don't even know how to make it. I just know it's good. But it all so over. You, you make it like this, a big wreath almost. Yeah, you lay out no. like a wreath of, of uh, Pillsbury crescent rolls. Yeah, right? You right. have it laid out there, and then you have the taco meat, and you put it inside <laughs> the circle, and then you wrap the croissant back over top of it, and then it's like this big ring, like a stromboli or something in a oh, circle, yeah. goodness. but it's full of taco meat. Wow. And then you put it in the oven, cook it, and then you have all your taco toppings yeah. outside of it. And then you pull it out, cut it up, and then you doctor you it all to, yeah. up. It's Everybody puts what phenomenal. they want. Did you make this up? No, no, I grew up having that. It could be really? another memory. My mom made taco ring. Okay, will you yeah. give us the recipe and can we put yeah. it in the show notes? Yeah, yeah I so will. people can make yeah. their own taco rings. I'll, I will. I sure will. I want to make one. Next I mean, time it's I have a literally party from with Henry Pillsbury. And when he comes yeah. over, be you have opened up so a whole new world. Taco rings. Oh my goodness! I'm so excited. Yep. Kind of making me I mean, want it for dinner truly, tonight. I know. There are very Can we come few over? Things. Yeah, yes, there are very absolutely. few things that I say <laughs> are for dinner pleaser. and everybody's happy. Oh, wow. Taco ring's one of them. You can. Oddly, pot roast and taco ring in our family are two big ones. Yeah. Which is weird. Mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. There you go. Taco okay. ring. I'm is. so excited about a taco <laughs> ring. Yeah. <laughs>
Y'all, thank you. It is so, you are two people in my world that I always wish I had more time with. And so it is really fun to get to sit with y'all and and just hear all your wisdom and humility. It's been such a combination of both. Thank you you all for helping us raise our four eye-rolling. We won't blame you for our four (laughs) eye-rolling teenagers. Four very different eye-rolling teenagers. We're so thankful for time spent with you all. We love you guys. I mean, mean, y'all, what y'all do, seriously. The ripples, I mean, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren will be different because Because of of your all's pouring into them. Mm -hmm. So we thank you all. Like, everybody thanks you all. Yeah, we're so grateful. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. (sighs) We knew that was going to be so rich and so much fun. We knew it was going to be both things. Yes. And just exceeded my expectations. Me too. Just love those two people. Mm-hmm. Their honesty, humility. Yes. I felt like Anne kept circling it back too. And we fail and we're in the trenches with you. And we understand we've got the eye rolls. All those things, they're just, there was so much grace. And it felt like every word they said. I love that they talk from the perspective of parents. They, Nate being an educator and administrator, I love so much what he said about teachers and how he challenged parents to think about their kids' teachers. I loved even, and going back to the importance of thanking coaches. Mm. I mean, I just think that's one of the takeaways that I'm going to hold on to. I hope parents do as well. Just we cannot champion these folks who have such a voice and a presence in our kids' lives enough. And the Mm hard, heavy lifting that they are doing consistently. I love the reminders they gave us in that me time. Too. What stayed with you? Well, I think it just felt so inspiring spiritually to me, too. It just, yes. you know, there's that quote. I don't even know where it's from, but I remember some kids talked about it. When you're at camp about, I want to know the God you know. Mm. And I think when I sit with them, I think, oh, you make me love Jesus more, just hearing you yes. talk about him. And and as simple as what Nate talked about, about the first thing is the most lasting thing. And talking to your kids about that and letting them catch you reading scripture. And, you know, I think about even when Henry has bunking parties and the amount of time he comes downstairs. And of course, as a one, I'm doing all the functional, like turning on the lights and getting to, you know, all that stuff rather than wish he'd come in and sit. I'd be in the dark in my room with one light on reading my Bible, you know, just the importance of that for the kids that we love. And now you're going to make a taco ring at the bunking party. And now party I'm going to make a taco ring. Yes, I can't wait. Okay, show notes. Keep an eye out. They're coming your way. This is one you're going to listen to over and yes. over again. I think so many rich, great reminders. So thankful we got to share this time. Me too. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to click the follow button in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. To learn more about our parenting resources or to see if we're coming to a city near you, visit our website at raisingboysandgirls.com. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.